Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians. I'm in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, let me read from verse 6 unto verse 8. My preferred translation this morning would be the King James translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 6 to 8. It's a very popular scripture that I read this morning. I just pray that God will give us utterance this morning. But this I say, Apostle Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth and he was actually telling them, I don't need to remind you, you people give a lot. I don't need to remind you, but I just want to reiterate these things. Okay? He said in, the, in an earlier verse, I don't need to tell you, but I just want to reiterate this. And actually, they were, they were preparing for a visit and he said, I need to prepare you for that thing that you need to give to. Not like I need to tell you, but be prepared. He said, but this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. That's the equation. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he proposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. I'll be focusing on verse 7 and verse 8 this morning. But let's see what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10 says. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. Proverbs 3, verse 9 to 10. I read from the King James Version. Honor the Lord with your substance and, and honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your bands be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with wine. This morning I'm talking on kingdom finance. Kingdom finance, kingdom finance. Uh, let me just quickly lay the ground rules. Like we started in the workers' meeting this morning when answering a question. Prosperity does not answer to fasting and prayers. That is not the principle for prosperity. It, it, no matter how much you fast and how much you pray, if you don't obey the principles for wealth transfer, if you don't obey the principles for financial prosperity, you would only be a successful prayer warrior. I've said that before. You would not be successful in your finances if you don't obey the principles that go with financing. So the first point for you is to understand that. Prayer is not a requirement for financial prosperity. For every mathematical principle, there is a different formula. 
I mean, all of us did mathematics up to a stage when we now say this one is not our future. Uh, yes, at least up to SS3, you must do mathematics. Last class, they'll give you P7, then you go and read international political science. Is that what you read? Now we know why. <laughs> you just choose, your life will just choose you, you know, your subjects. I used to love um, physics, I hated chemistry. Uh, but once, at a point, I hated both of them. And I knew that my future was not in this kind of equation. Boy's law, guest law, charge law, all those law. I, I, I didn't understand why. Chemical reaction, chemical equation. All the, all the parallelogram that I learned in all of those further mathematics and all those things. Sine theory, cosine theory, and where are they today? What am I using them? How many, who cosine help? So there is, there, is, there is an equation. I mean, I used to like some topics in mathematics, logarithm, bearing, indices, set theory. The, the formula for each of the topics is different. So you cannot take a formula for set theory and use it to solve bearing. You will fail. The formula for prosperity. See, there are things that prayers and fasting answer to. So that prayer and fasting is a formula to certain things. It is not a formula to prosperity. Get that deep. You can do all night for 24 days at a stretch and remain broke. Until you obey the covenant principles for wealth. If you don't know and understand and follow the covenant principles for wealth, you cannot have those resources in your hands. The problem is people of the world I've understood these things from books. They may not be reading the Bible, but many people have written books from the Bible because all of these word principles are generated from the Bible. Um, I, I mean, at mentoring with Uyago, in like the third class, we, we, we ask you to read The Richest Man in Babylon. Everything that is written in The Richest Man in Babylon has its roots in the Bible. So somebody will go and read it, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. They will read portions of the Bible, interpret it, put it in a book, the people of the other religions will read it, run with it, and get worth. But you, the Christian, will not read the source, the manual. As early as Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, the formula was set and put in place. Genesis 8, 22. In there, now, um, next week, I'll be talking about altars. Next week, altars. Next week. Try not to miss it. I'm talking about altars next week. And I would, by God's grace, shift some things. I will shift some things next week by the grace of God. Now, it says, this, this, this is at the point where the first altar in the Bible was built. By Noah, after the flood. And it says, God said to him, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, last lines, shall not cease. While the earth remains. Now, let me talk to the legalistic people, people of the law, people that like to preach the law. The covenant principle that is put here was before the law of Moses. So, that Jesus came with grace did not override everything that was doctrinated, that was tethered by God before the law came. Did you hear what I said now? While the earth remains, eh, let me tell you how to understand the Bible in dispensations. Everything that happened before Moses, go and read it very well. 
and read the applicability till today. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest has not changed, cannot change. So if you are one of those that refuse to sow, now it, it, it doesn't matter the quantity of the seed. We'll go into the quality of the seed very soon. It doesn't matter the quantity of the seed. Jesus said to the people that um, were in the synagogue that the woman that gave the smallest offering in that church that day, she gave what? The largest. And anywhere this, this uh, gospel of financing is preached, that woman's name was mentioned. We don't know her name, but we just call her the widow that gave what? The widow's might. She gave the least, but she gave the best. Because God looks at the heart of the giver. Very critical. First Samuel 16, 17. First Samuel 16, 17. God does not deal with a man out of outward appearance. Many people fake the reason why they do what they do. And this was the bane of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. They don't force you to give. They, I mean, they were not compelled to give. If you read from Acts chapter 4, um, the Bible says that the, the, the apostles, the early church, they had all things in common. And they had all things in common. What happened? People now began to sell their possessions and bring it into the house out of free will. And there was a guy called Joseph who the apostles called Barnabas came, sold his land, brought it and gave. Then chapter, that's chapter 4. Um, um, in chapter 5, verse 1 of Acts, he said, but Ananias and Sapphira, they sold the land. And because of their intention, the gift was refused and the givers also were also what? Rejected. <sighs> Quickly, let's, let's, let's do a bit of Bible history. Who was the first person that gave a gift to God, that, that gave a sacrifice to God in the Bible? Isaiah, who was the first person? Say Cain and Abel. <laughs> People could feel as well. well, well. <laughs> who was the first person? My brother. That person with that, that paid the first question. Answer it again. The first person that gave a sacrifice was who? Adam's family. <laughs> Okay, now I, I preached the sermon, Cain and Abel. Go and listen to that sermon over again. I preached it six years ago. Go and listen to Cain and Abel. Um, I dealt a lot about giving in that place and talked about the entitlement mentality. Now, let me, let me, let me drag it. The first gift that was rejected in the Bible was the gift of Cain. The first sacrifice that was rejected was the sacrifice of Cain. Did God ask them to bring sacrifice? God did not ask them to bring sacrifice. Abel brought the sacrifice and it was accepted. Cain brought the sacrifice and it was rejected. And God asked him a question. He was not angry with God. And God now asked him a question. He said, if you do well, will your sacrifice not be accepted? Was not a sacrifice he brought. Many people bring offering to church for real and it is rejected by the owner of that offering. You go home clapping, singing, rejoicing that you brought an offering, that you brought a tithe, but it is the man upstairs, our God that we serve, that determines whether you received it or not. Forget what Pastor Uyo, Pastor Richard will say to you. You brought a good gift like that. Say, Pastor, I want to just sow a seed in church right now, three million. We will dance that day. I mean, we will dance. We will rejoice. Three million, we will dance. But we God dance. 
your focus in your giving should be first of all to please the master. If your intention is flawed, your giving is forgotten. You could as well have not brought it. You see, no man is big enough to deceive God. First Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height. This is talking about David's elder brother. He said, but I've refused him. I've refused him. What did the guy do to be refused? I refused him. You want to question God? I refused him. For the Lord said not as man sees. So Pastor Richard and I may, may see and receive the offering, but the Lord does not see the way we see. For man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks what? On the heart. Jesus speaking in his first sermon in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 19. He said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Not where moth, not where insect, not where timat can eat it. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. He said, for where your treasure is, there is also where your heart is. Let me talk to somebody this morning. You cannot say, I was talking in couples meeting um, last previous week, prior week, and we're talking about priorities. What's our priority? God, ministry, family, or finance. When we're talking about God, the room was quiet. Everybody just whispers small, small, just talks more. When we talk about ministry, just one or two comments. Everybody just nod their head like that. When we talk about finance, come and see everywhere, hot, fire, 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 everybody talking. Money, this and that. My husband works too long. He does not come home because of money. He's always working at night. I say, my sister, my brother, your priority is what? Finance. Your priority is finance. <laughs> you cannot prioritize finance above God. God is the giver of life that you even have to use to go and look for the money in the first place. So the moment you prioritize the finance over him, what you, what you have done is you have distanced yourself. Finance is good. Money is good, no doubt. We love it. We like it. We need it. We, it's good for us. But you must be able to prioritize properly. Jesus said, set your priorities right. Where your treasure is, there is also where your heart will be. You cannot love a woman well enough and your finance does not go along. Have you, have you, have you, have you seen that kind of relationship? The money is not escorting the man. There's one musician, I can't remember what he sang, but something like, sang something like, um, oh, you need this, my body, oh, you know I need my money, oh. Money, oh. There's one song like that, Abby. See, there's no relationship you have. Yeah, you need the body or you need the money or the money or must go with the body or otherwise it's not complete. If you say your, your the lady is your treasure, if you say your wife is your treasure, then your money will also be there. Likewise for the women. Your work is not only to manage the man's money. It is, it is, it is, it is, uh, vice versa, do me, I do you. Do me, I do you. You can't, you can't love your husband alone with your body. Say, so all I bring to the table is my body. And then you expect the man to bring body and money. It's a joro now. Where your treasure is, that's also where your heart will be. Must be a complete equation. So if you say you are a Christian, you are a child of God, and you are spiritually minded, your money will escort your spirit. 
You can't love God with your spirit alone and not love him with your money. You cannot romance God with your heart and not romance him with your finance. It must be a complete equation. You see, if your treasure is God, your resources must also go the same way. It must go along. You, see, you cannot just love God and say, I love him. God says, the Bible says in the book of John, he, he's seeking for those that will love him, what? In spirit and what? In truth. Spiritual mindedness. Let, 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 me, let me show you um, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 7. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 7. Quickly, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 7. Phew. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 7. For to be carnally minded is what? But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. For the carnal mind is enmity with God, enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law, neither indeed can be. Give me verse 6. To be carnally minded is dead. Now, if you have your finances as a child of God, and all your finances uh, answer to is carnal things, your spiritual mindedness is incomplete. You cannot say that you are spiritually minded towards God and your finances are carnally minded. It's, it's, it's a big error. It's a big error. Some people, some people have prioritized their needs above the God that is able to supply all their needs. That's why when you have 10,000 naira this week, because you have needs that are 12,000 naira worth, you start looking for additional 2,000 to complete that need without first of all knowing that you first of all have to what? Withdraw the 10% to give to God. That's, that's where the error starts. No money is ever enough. The person that receives 5 million naira monthly as salary, 2 million naira, 3 million naira as monthly, ask them, they still have needs. It's not enough. Then you now receive 2,000. He that is faithful in little things is the only person that can be faithful in big things. If you cannot be faithful to God with 2,000 naira, you forget 2 million. You will not get it. It will not come to your hand. This, there are things that tend to poverty. It is holding on tight fisted to little things that tend to poverty. But if you, if you prove to God, I am above this level of 2,000 naira tight. Then you are ready to go to the next level of 5,000 naira tight. Then you are ready to go to the next level of 10,000 you are You are proving yourself worthy at this level. No child remains on primary six forever. When you are proving to the teachers in that school that you have done primary five, you have done primary six, you have passed it, you have blasted it. They don't have a right to keep you in that class. What do they do? They take you to the next class, which is GSS1, then you continue from there. God graduates you based on how you prove yourself on each level. There is a grace for another level. If you decide to remain on one level, what happens? You have limited the grace that is available to you. There are some of us who have exhausted some grace on the past level because we have, passed, we have proved ourselves worthy on that level. We are not qualifying ourselves for the next level. What are you learning? What are you learning? Kingdom-mindedness is, is a criteria for kingdom prosperity. If you don't have a kingdom mind... Forget kingdom prosperity. Seek for it the way the world does. That's your portion. If you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you differentiate or separate your mind, put a variation in your mind to say, my mind is 
not kingdom-minded, then you don't enjoy, you don't expect to enjoy the prosperity that comes with kingdom-mindedness. Set your mind on the kingdom, for to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. Many of us have, have, have taken our time, precious time, to sow in unfertile grounds. And we expect to reap from those unfertile grounds. I've, I mean, I'm uh, just a few years old. But I've learned over time, and nobody can tell, nobody can prove to me otherwise, that sowing in the kingdom is not purposeful and is not productive. You cannot. There are things you cannot convince me about. There are things that you can still talk to me. We can still have a, a dispute about. But about sowing and reaping in the kingdom, forget that conversation. I am an evidence. I am, I am a beneficiary of sowing and reaping in the kingdom. So I don't need any, I, I, I don't need any theology other than that. If you want to preach, you want to preach two hours to me, otherwise, forget it, I will not listen to you. Because it works. <laughs> Tell somebody it works. Tell somebody it works. So if you like, you sow in crypto. You sow in MMM. You get your fingers burned. So be it. Let's go back to where we started from. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, 6 to 8. Let me just deal a few things there, and I'm sure we'll be fine for today. Verse 7. It says, okay, now, these are some factors. I want to just quickly tell you some factors to consider from these verses in giving unto the Lord. Factors to consider in giving unto the Lord from verse 7. The first one is what? It says, every man... According as he proposes in his heart, so let him give. Criteria number one, purpose. Factor number one to consider in any giving is what? Purpose. Now, there are two purposes that align here. The first purpose is what is the purpose of the gift? And what is the purpose of the giver? Apostle Paul, speaking to the church, Church in Corinth, it says what? As you propose in your heart, so you give. But there is also a purpose for that gift that you are giving. The two purposes must align. You, 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 you cannot deceive God in your intention. What is your motivation for doing the things that you do in the kingdom? What is your motivation in coming out to preach when we say you should come out to preach? What is your motivation in, what is the real intention in giving seed unto God? You see, God knows why you give. So if you are giving for a wrong purpose, God already knows. It's infinite. It's knowledge based. It's infinite. It's all-knowing. It's an all-knowing God. He knows before you give. He knows your mindset towards your giving. He knows who you give to. He knows when you give. He knows why you give. He knows where you give. You can't deceive God. So you must give as one you propose in your heart. And what is the purpose of that gift? Two weeks' time, we're going to raise an offering, pledges towards our proposed building project. What is your intention in the giving that you will give in two weeks? What is your purpose in the giving that you will give in two weeks? 
What is the purpose of the project for which you are giving unto? The two purposes must align. Any man that seeks to defraud God, you try to defraud God by your giving. You try to bribe God by your giving. What you are doing is you are emptying your treasures willingly. You are using your own hand to do 419 to yourself. Philippians 419 says what? What does Philippians 419 say? My God shall supply all my needs according to riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you don't really trust God, what you are doing is 419 to yourself. Not, you will not benefit from Philippians 419, but you are doing 419. You are defrauding yourself when you intend to defraud God. Abraham, Abraham acknowledged the blesser above the blessing. Abraham waited for 100 years to receive one thing. Then God said, I need that thing back. And Abraham willingly said, I will give you. Why? Because he knows Matthew 6.33. He says what? All these shall follow. These things shall follow them that believe. All of these things shall be added unto all you. Seek it first. When your intention is on God first, you have settled that one. Every other thing can follow. If you have not settled that one, it's only limited things that can follow you. And this is not a cause. You determine what follows you based on what you seek first. Have you ever seen a, a guy, a man and a woman? You marry the woman. I mean, there are some exceptional cases. You marry the woman. She moves to your house. <laughs> she doesn't bring her body. She leaves her body in her father's house. Does it happen? You first of all seek the woman. And everything that comes with her follows her. If you seek God first, everything that comes with God follows Abraham, Abraham was willing to drop everything he had gotten from God because he trusted God above everything. He trusted God above things. What are you holding on to that is too strong? You are holding on to it as if you would die if that thing leaves your hand. The lean to five, the lean to five that you have left, they say give offering, say lie, transfer to the account, POS is in charge, this two five. It's the last to five, my last card. It may actually be your last. God's promises never fail. When God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. And that's what Abraham knew. Yes, the second thing, he says what? Not grudgingly. Not grudgingly. So the second criteria is the state of your mind. Your thoughts. The state of your mind. You can put in bracket there, grudge. The first man to be angry in the Bible was Cain. The first man to question God in the Bible was Cain. The first man to be called a vagabond was Cain. You don't have a right to question God. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. It's too powerful. It's too, it's, it's too well knowing. It says, bring all things to my remembrance. You see, when you try to ask God questions, of, I mean, 
when I say you don't have a right to question God, you can ask questions, of course, because you want to know, but don't question his identity. Don't question his personality. Don't question his power. Anything he gives, he can take it and give you much more. Anything. He's too powerful. He, if God could turn around the fortunes of Job in one day, who are you? Are you the richest man in the East? In one day. Turned around. He turned around Peter's life in one day. Apostle Paul, it was on the road, main road. In one day that he turned around his life. Apostle Paul. And you doubt the efficacy, the power of God to turn around things. That was Ken's undoing. You brought a gift. It was not accepted. And you are looking for trouble. Many people have stopped giving because of this thing, grudge. Because you are grudging with God, you have stopped giving to God. You know, many times you say, tie your giving to something. And when you tie your giving to something and if something does not happen, what happens? Grudge. Grudge. They say, give again. You say, the one where I give before, uncle. The one where I give five years ago, uncle. What did happen? I bet pastor free that thing. Some of you will not give well because you're angry with me. Because you're angry with Pastor Richard. Because you're angry with Pastor Ruth. You will not give well. You are grudging God and grudging pastor. Or you are grudging Kingsley or, or, or Sam, your group leader. You are grudging, you are angry. Therefore, you will not give. Who you they do? Who, who you they do? The person that you are even grudging with, he's giving and he's getting and he's collecting and he's dancing. Oh yeah, baby, baby, baby. He's dancing. And you are there, you are grudging, you are strong in your heart. You strong your heart, strong your fist, strong your money. Grudge. He said, don't give grudgingly. Don't give grudgingly. Simply because an expectation that you gave on before did not yield does not mean you should stop. Ecclesiastes 11, 6 says what? He says, sow in the morning, in the evening, withhold not your hand, because you don't know the one that will reap, that will become an harvest. You don't know. Have you ever seen a farmer determine the day of the harvest? You plant something that you say, July 4th, I will harvest this corn. Your, see, your work, God determines everything about the harvest. See, God determines the day of the harvest. He knows it in advance. He determines the size of the harvest, the quality, the quantity of the harvest. God determines it. All you determine is the day you sow and what you sow. That's the question for you to answer. The question about the harvest is for God and when. God's timing is always the best. You cannot put a time on God and say, I need the harvest on this day. You are like the farmer that says, I planted cassava in January on July 4th. Now, Ansela. You can't fix your debt for the harvest. It's God's timing that is the best. God's timing is right. God's timing is perfect all the time. So if you are giving to God, then wait for his timing. Except you are giving to yourself. See, I have small money in my, in my, in my car. If I have small money in my car, I can choose when to buy fuel for my car. Because I already have the money, Abby. It's my money already. When it's not my own, I can't determine the date. That's God's 
business. So I leave God to do his business while I do my business. I determine the seed. I determine the date I sow, how I sow, where I sow, who I sow to. That's my own question. Hmm. Relationship with God is not based on transaction. It's not transactional. Don't say because I give this, I will just receive this. Hmm. It doesn't work that way. God determines everything. Praise God. Number four points there. Three, sorry, it's three. It says what? Or of necessity. Don't give out of compulsion. Don't give out of compulsion. Don't give because they force you. It's, it's a bad way to give. Determine your heart willingly to give. Now, don't give out of necessity, which, is, which was the problem of Ananias and Sapphira. They gave to show off out of necessity because they wanted to belong to the Joneses. Don't try to meet up. Don't try to show off. Jesus Christ, in his first sermon, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, he said, don't give like the Pharisees. When they want to give, they show off. He said, lo and behold, they have their what? Their reward. Their reward is the clap that people will clap for them. That's all their reward. Wow, what a pain. Presidential handshake. That's all you get. What a pain. Ah. Okay. Let me flip it. The benefits. The benefits from this same verse. The benefits of giving from this same verse. Let me, let me try to run to an end now. The benefits. It says, number one, God loves a cheerful giver. Benefit number one, God's love is renewed unto you. God's love. You already had the love before you were born. You had the love before you gave your life to Christ. But it says here that if you give cheerfully, God loves you. So God's love is for a cheerful giver. Number one, God's love. Number two, God's, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So you become a beneficiary of all grace. What powerful word. All grace. All grace abound towards you. Number three, that ye having what? All sufficiency. Number three, all, number two, all grace. Number three, all sufficiency. When you give cheerfully, all sufficiency. That's more than enough. More than enough. Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25. Say, he that scattereth increases, and the liberal soul shall be made fat. He said, and thy waters shall also be watered. All sufficiency. In all things. And that you may abound unto what? Every good work. So, the fourth thing is that you are positioned for good works. You are positioned for good works. So, men, 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 men will see you and bless you. Men will see you and bless you from their bosom. Just because you are giving unto God. It's a spiritual principle. As you give unto God, things will be smooth in other places for you. So, all sufficiency in all things. In all things. According to the will of God. According to the will of God. I want to round up with something this morning. How many of you have seen a, to a toothpaste in the past 24 hours? You have seen a toothpaste in the past 24 hours? How many of you have not seen a toothpaste in the past 24 hours? Please, if you are sitting close to that person, just shift. <laughs> shift, shift, shift. You have seen a toothpaste in the last 24 hours. Are you here? All right, very good. Now, can you please tell your neighbor with me this morning, you are just a toothpaste. It's not an insult. Tell the person you are just a toothpaste. Now, what is the work of a toothpaste? What is the work of a toothpaste? 
The responsibility of a toothpaste is that it's a cleansing agent. Its work is to clean. So however you treat this toothpaste, what is the toothpaste going to do to you? If you open the cap of this toothpaste, you open it. When you press it out, what comes out? Paste. If you press it out in the morning, what comes out? If you press it out at night, what comes out? Now, when the paste has begun to finish, when the paste has begun to finish, some people treat it in different ways. When the paste is finishing, you press the toothpaste, press the toothpaste, press, press, press. What will happen when you press it and press it and press it? What will come out from the top? Paste will still come out when you press it from the top. Some people will despisefully use the toothpaste, cut it in the middle with knife or with razor blade. What will come out? Whether you cut the toothpaste or you press it from the top, press it from the middle, press it from the bottom, what is going to come out at all times? Paste. Some people will not be satisfied when they cut it into two. They will put water inside, they will rinse it. What will come out? If you use a toothbrush, what will come out? Paste. Some people, because they are rushing, they'll put toothpaste on their hand like this and use it to do. What will still come out from the paste? It doesn't matter what you do to the toothpaste. It remains a toothpaste. You cannot change the identity or the functionality of a toothpaste at any time because of what you do to it. That's how a Christian should live. Let them press you. Let them say negative things about you. I am just a toothpaste. Press me from the top, press me from the middle, press me from the bottom. I am just a toothpaste. Cut me into two with a knife. Slander me, libel me. I remain what? A toothpaste. Rinse me, pour me water. I remain a toothpaste. But when the toothpaste stops functioning, when the toothpaste refuses to brush, there are alternatives. When we were growing up, we had guava tree in our compound. We had cashew tree in our compound. We could not afford a toothpaste because it was too expensive and too glamorous. So our standard practice was to go outside, cut guava tree, and brush our teeth. We only used chewing stick, the one they buy from the market on special occasions. The chewing stick they buy from the market on special occasions. Why? Because the toothpaste refused to work. We sought alternatives. There are some of us that we sought alternatives and started to use salt. Some of us moved forward to some other alternatives and started to use charcoal. Just to brush the teeth. Do not look at yourself as too highly placed because you are a foreign toothpaste or a local toothpaste. If you refuse to function as a Christian, if you refuse to sow in the house, if you refuse to give for the kingdom, there are alternatives for you. It may be salt. It may be charcoal. It may be guava tree. It may be cashew tree. It may be twin stick bought in the market. Or it could just be rinse your mouth, spit out. The mouth can smell after many days. But for now, there is an alternative for you. As a Christian, do not lose God. No matter what people do to you, do not grudge. No matter what people do to you, do not give up. Tell somebody you are just... Yeah. 
This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real, influence your world.